بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome listeners to the Talking Deen podcast Today, inshallah ta'ala, uh, we've got a bonus episode for you So I don't have uh, my co-host Rash with me as usual Today this is a solo one inshallah ta'ala, something that um, yeah, Rash uh, said we're going to try inshallah So uh, it'd be really good to get your feedback And uh, you know your thoughts on, on how it went So yeah, so the question today is Are you a hummingbird or a mockingbird? Now subhanAllah you must be thinking When you saw the title Be like the hummingbird, not a mockingbird You must have been thinking What's going on here? You know, What can this topic be about? Um, how can we be a hummingbird? And why should we not be a mockingbird? So inshallah, hopefully, uh, this will be clear by the end of the podcast. But the, the main theme today that I want to discuss is the mentality of the Muslims that we have today. And this is very important because, um, you know, without Muslims changing the mentality, then nothing else will change. And, and just to put things into uh, context, I want to give an example. And uh, the example is, and, and put yourself in, 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 in this month's shoes so you're walking to see a friend you go to your friend's house and um, when you get to a street you see his house is up in flames so you're like subhanallah what's going on here you know you're shocked so what you do is you go over and and you see your friend standing outside his house so you rush over to him you know and and you you try to make some sense of this situation so you ask him what's going on where's your family have you called the fire brigade you know have you asked people to help put the fire out and um your friend says, no, my family is inside the house. Uh, I've not called the fire brigade. I've actually not even asked anyone for any help. So you, you're, you're a bit surprised. But what, what surprises you more, or even, shall I say, what shocks you more is his next response. And his response is that, you know, he's been working on his garden. And he asks you, you know, come, let me show you my garden. It's absolutely beautiful. Now, at this stage, brothers and sisters, the reality is, is that you would think this guy has suffered some trauma. This guy has lost the plot. His house is on fire. The his family is in the house. You know, and he forget about doing anything to try to put this fire out or rescue his family. In fact, he's more concerned about how beautiful his garden is. So, Subhanallah. Let's now apply that example to today. And and the reality is, if we look at the situation of the Ummah, you know, uh, we can see that. You know, it's, no, it's not too different from a burning house. And we, we see the Ummah up in flames. You know, whether it's locally in, in the West, whether it's to do with, you know, the, the attack on Islam, uh, the attack on the Islamic culture. We see, you know, the rise of what, what they call Islamophobia. But if you look in the Muslim world, it's on a completely, it's, it's on a different level. SubhanAllah, whether it's Syria or Iraq, Libya, the events in Turkey, the events in Yemen, Kashmir, you know, it's 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 crazy where, you know, it's actually, it's like there's two different worlds, it's like there's two different realities, you know, we live in this reality here where, the, what's the norm? The norm here is peace, the norm here is security, you know, and then what's the norm in a lot of the Muslim lands? It's chaos, it's suffering, it's murder, it's, you know, explosions, and, and that's become the norm now, and it's actually like, 
two different realities, two different worlds we're living in. And even if the, we look at the situation of Masjid al-Aqsa, you know, the third most holiest masjid for Muslims, you know, we see that on a daily basis, the masjid is being desecrated and, you know, the, the, by settlers and, and by the, the, the Israeli, uh, Israeli uh, defense, or shall I say the occupying force. And, you know, we see that this is happening and it's actually getting worse year on year. So the question is, brothers and sisters, is are we going to be like the man in the story? Are we going to be uh, the one who just ignores his house that's on fire? You know, the question is, then if we're not going to be like him, we need to ask ourselves, what are we actually doing about this? Because the reality is, is that most people, when you speak to them, you know, um, they will say that, you know, they, they do care about what's happening. And the reality is, brothers and sisters, every Muslim out there, right, you know, the reality is, is they care about the ummah, they care about their deen, right? But a lot of people, uh, the mentality is, is what can I do about the issues of the ummah, right? You know, um, and maybe some people even say that in fact what's happening is a punishment and, and you know, the, this is the result of <clears throat> Muslims being so far away from Islam. So what I'm going to address today isn't actually what the, the solution is, because I think you know, what we need to discuss here is we need to discuss this issue of mentality because if we don't discuss the mentality, uh, the issue of mentality, then the change is not going to occur. So the mentality needs to change and then the change will occur. So that's what I want to address. And subhanAllah, a beautiful example that I've come across um, and it's actually linked to the, the title. Now, now you're wondering where the, you know, where the birds come in. And I want to speak about the, the example, the story of the hummingbird. Okay, so one day, uh, there's a, a terrible fire breaks out in a forest, okay? And subhanAllah, the, the forest is engulfed. Um, the raging wildfire is going through it and frightened all the animals. They flee their, their homes, they run away from their homes and they run out of the forest, okay? And they all uh, come and stand at the edge of a stream and they just look back. And they're just looking at the fire, they're looking at their homes going up, you know. And subhanAllah, they're all feeling, you know, really discouraged and, and powerless. And they're all, you know, bemoaning the destruction of their homes, you know. And, and one would be, you know, oh, everything, my livelihood, everything is gone. And every one of them is just, is there. And, and, and for them, there's nothing they can do to... Uh, try to change the situation, try to put out this fire. They can't do anything about this fire except for one little hummingbird, okay? And this little particular hummingbird decides, you know what, I'm going to do something. So what it does, it swoops into the stream and it picks up a few drops of water and then it goes to the forest and it, you know, uh, drops this uh, drop of water on the, on the fire. And then it goes back to the stream and then goes back to the fire, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And whilst it's doing this, all the other animals are looking on in disbelief. And, you know, some of them actually try to discourage the hummingbird, you know, by saying things like, you know, don't bother. You know, it's too much. You're too little. You know, you've only got little wings and, and even they will burn. And your beak is, uh, you're too tiny, you know, and it's only a drop that you're, you're putting on the fire. You can't, you can't, you know, put out this whole fire with these few drops and subhanAllah, as the animals stand by, you know, disparaging the little bird's efforts, the bird notices, subhanAllah, how hopeless 
that they will look. And then, to top things off, one of the animals shouts out and actually challenges the hummingbird, you know, in a very mocking way. And he says, what do you think you're doing? And subhanAllah, the hummingbird, without wasting any time or losing a beat, looks back and says, I am doing what I can. And subhanAllah, this is the crux of the matter, my brothers and sisters. And what, subhanAllah, what lessons can we learn from this, this amazing story? But the first lesson, brothers and sisters, is that inaction is not an option. So the hummingbird understood that the forest could not be saved by not doing anything and that something had to be done to put out the fire. And it understood that inaction would actually lead, lead to the destruction of the entire forest. And in fact, not just that, the forest would spread, the fire would spread, sorry, and it would spread to other forests and it would destroy other forests as well. So it understood that it was imperative that something should be done. It understood that it was an obligation to do something. And subhanAllah, you know, we also have this in Islam as well, brothers and sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, surely Allah does not change the condition of a people until they change their own condition. SubhanAllah. So here we see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that you know it's an obligation for us to work towards the change. If we want to change our condition, because the change, obviously the victory is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to bring about this change until we've actually worked towards it, until we've put effort to change this, change our condition. So in the same way, it was an obligation for the bird. And in the same way, it's an obligatory on the ummah to work towards resolving our problems. And, you know, in action is not going to bring about change, brothers and sisters. And in fact, inaction is only going to bring about further suffering and further misery. The second lesson is, you know, that we shouldn't just follow the majority. And, you know, if you think about it, the hummingbird could have easily looked around and, and, and saw all these animals just not doing anything. And it could have easily have thought, well, you know, no one else is doing anything. So I should do the same as well. And in fact, the hummingbird, if you, think, if you know what a hummingbird looks like or what a hummingbird is, it's a very small bird. And in fact, the other animals would have had better attributes, you know, to put out the fire. As an example, there could have been an ele elephant there, um, you know, and, you know, it can, it can carry more water, you know, just, uh, just as an example, right? And, um, but still, this didn't stop the hummingbird in shouldering its responsibility, right? So if you look at the situation today, brothers and sisters, what we must ask ourselves is how many of us are actively working to change the condition of the ummah? Or are most of us standing around in the same way these animals were? In fact, what we do see, unfortunately, is we see a lot of us are actually focused on enjoying our lives. You know, we're focused on, you know, having the wealth, the cars, the houses, the careers. And, you know, this is the truth. This is, this is the, the, the sad... Uh, the sad reality and you know if we look at it it would seem as if yeah everyone's just doing this so this must be the you know the, the, we're all muslims the, the all the issues of the muslim world affect everyone but if everyone else is in, involved in these things and not doing you know anything to assist the ummah then maybe that's the that's the right thing to do but in fact you know, we see that many people may, might make that as an excuse and, and think that's fine because no one else is, is doing anything and I'm just going to follow the majority. But subhanAllah, let's actually look at, you know, the people that are 
working for this change and it's a fact that the people that are actively working towards this change are actually the minority. And subhanAllah there's an amazing uh, incident when Umar ibn al-Khattab when he was walking in the market and he passed by a man who was making dua, he was supplicating. And he said, and he was supplicating, Oh Allah, makers of your few servants. Oh Allah, makers of your few servants. So Umar, عنه, he said to him, Where did you get this dua from? And the man said, Allah in his book says, min shakur, That and few of my servants are grateful. And subhanallah, Umar, عنه, he wept. And he admonished himself and he said, The people are more knowledgeable than you, O Umar. Allah, O oh Allah, makers of your few servants. And subhanAllah, you know, if you look at the words most people in the Quran, what you'll find is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about most people, Allah says the most people do not know, most people do not give thanks, and most people do not believe. And if you look at the words most of them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, most of them are definely disobedient. Most of them are ignorant. Most of them are turning away. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the few, Allah says, and few of my servants are grateful. And Allah says, but none had believed with him except a few. And also, in the gardens of pleasure, i.e. Jannah, a large company of the former peoples and a few of the latter peoples. And there's a beautiful saying by Ibn al-Qayyim as well. May Allah be pleased with him. He said, go on the path of truth and do not feel lonely because there are few of few who take that path. And beware of the path of falsehood and do not be deceived by the greatness of the perishers. Subhanallah. And lesson three, brothers and sisters, is that we must do that which we are capable of doing. And you know, if you go back to the story of the hummingbird, what did the hummingbird say? You know, at the end, the hummingbird said, I am doing what I can. The hummingbird never said, I am doing what I prefer to, I'm doing what I want. No, it said, I am doing what I can. And that's the point. And if we look at the actions of the hummingbird, and we look at the attributes that Allah subhanahu wa has created, this hummingbird with, you know, the, the, the faculties, whether it's the fact that it can fly and it has a beak, right? What we can see is that the hummingbird was using the faculties, using the attributes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given it to the best of its ability, right? And in fact, the reality is, this is all one can do anyway. You know, what you can do is all you're capable of doing. And subhanAllah, the, from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah tells us that Allah does not burden a soul except that, uh, with that within its capacity. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is... is already telling us he's not going to tell us to do the impossible he's not going to account us for those things that was not in our capability and he's only going to hold us, us to account for that which was in our capability and and that's the the point here you know the fact that the, the hummingbird did what it could do it couldn't do anymore and that's all that it can be accountable on right and subhanallah if we look at the hadith the hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam about the removing the munkar, where the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa he says that, you know, if you see a munkar, if you see an evil, remove it with your hand. And if you can't remove it with your hand, then speak out against it. And if you can't speak out against it, then hate it in your heart, and this is the least of iman. 
And subhanAllah, this hadith, brothers and sisters, is linked to capability. You know, many people treat this hadith like it's something out of, um, you know, who wants to become a millionaire, where you have three options. Here, the issue isn't to do with you don't choose, well, ah, actually, I'll just take the third option. No, it's to do with your capability. If you cannot, if you're not capable of removing it with your hand, then speak out against it. If you're not able to do this, then hate it. And even that hating, brothers and sisters, that hating should be something that agitates us, you know, that agitates us and uh, motivates us to get to the next stage of actually being able to speak out against it. And then to the next stage of removing it with our hands, you know, that's what this this hatred of this munkar should be in our hearts. It should be, you know, that at that moment, we understand that, yes, in this moment in time, all I can do is hate it in my heart. I can't do anything else. But inshallah, I'm going to work to change the situation and change my capability so that I can do more. And that's why, you know, when if we put all this into context, brothers and sisters, and we ask ourselves, have I done all that I'm capable of doing? You know, this is a question which, you know, I can answer for myself and only you can answer for yourselves. You know, have I done all that I'm doing? And subhanAllah, this is something which we should answer and we should ponder about. And in regards to the lessons of the, the hummingbird, the story of the hummingbird, brothers and sisters, you know, we should understand three concepts and which are the key. One is obligation. The other is taking responsibility. And the third one is to do with capability. And that's why, you know, if we look at the hummingbird, and that's why I wanted to speak today about the mentality, because the problem is our mentality. And, you know, if you look at the hummingbird, what was the differentiating factor between the hummingbird and all the other animals? It was the mentality, right? And there's a, you know, a really good saying I came across. I don't know who said it, but whoever said it said that the problem is not the problem. The problem is the attitude to the problem. Subhanallah. And you know, if we look at many of the attitudes that, that many Muslims carry, and I don't mean this in any disrespect, but sometimes when you speak to Muslims about, about, you know, about the issues uh, concerning Islam and concerning the Ummah, right? Many people say, you know what? I really wish I could do more, but I just don't have time. You know, I'm, I'm busy with work. You know, I've got my kids, I've got my family. You know, I just don't have time. Whilst others will say, you know, the ummah is, is just too weak, right? You know, all we can do is make dua. And whilst others will, you know, will question, well, who, who am I? I'm not a scholar, you know, I need to first perfect myself. You know, then I can start speaking or, or doing something about this issue. Whilst others actually don't do anything because for them, the only change can occur when Imam Mahdi uh, arrives, Okay. So you know, these are just some examples that, you know, that I've come across when, when speaking to Muslims. And that's why the hadith is very important about the munkar. Because, you know, when we talk about the, the mentality, right? You know, when you have the option of, well, it's not an option, but just say, you know, people thought it was an option. You either remove it with the hand, you either speak against it, or you either hate it. Now, a lot of our mentality, a lot of the mentality of, our, of, of us Muslims is that, we just would opt for the third, for the for the for the least uh, least option, you know. And even the issue to do with uh, when people say make du'a, you know, we know that du'a is the weapons of the weapon of the believer. But why is it that you know when people when you speak to people, you say, well, the least we can do is make du'a. You know, when people say 
that the least we can do is make dua, they are acknowledging, right, that there's more that they can do. But, but subhanAllah, you know, we, we just want to begin and, uh, at the least. And, and, and that's the mentality I'm talking about. So, you know, how can we change this mentality, brothers and sisters? And the reality is, is that we need to go back to the Qur'an and the Sunnah, right? Islam should act as shock treatment for, for those who need reviving, for those who are asleep. And as Muslims, we must understand the true message of Islam. And you know, if we understand the true message of Islam, brothers and sisters, subhanAllah, this will in turn make... You know, make us understand our purpose in life. You know, this will shape our priorities in life and put everything into perspective, whether it's to do with your rizq and stuff like this, you know. And it, was, it will make us understand our responsibilities as Muslims. And, you know, it will allow us to do all that is needed to seek the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, if we had this mindset, then we will be able to plan our life better around the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a lot of the excuses that I mentioned before wouldn't apply anymore and there's a beautiful example beautiful saying by Imam al-Ghazali may Allah be pleased with him when he said that your time should not be without any structure such that you occupy yourself arbitrarily with whatever comes along rather you must take account of yourself and order your worship during the day and the night Assigning to each period of time an activity that must not be neglected nor replaced by any other activity. By this ordering of time, the blessing in time will show itself, i.e. the barakah. A person who leaves himself without a plan as animals do, not knowing what he is to do at any given moment, will spend most of his time fruitlessly. Your time is your life and your life is your capital. By it, you make your trade, and by it, you will reach the eternal bounties in the proximity of Allah. Every single breath of yours is a priceless jewel, because it is irreplaceable. Once it is gone, there is no return for it. So do not be like fools who rejoice each day as their wealth increases, while their lives decrease. What good is there in wealth that increases while one's lifespan decreases? Do not rejoice except in an increase of knowledge or an increase of good works. Truly, they are your two friends who will accompany you in the grave when your spouse, your wealth, your children and your friends will remain behind. Subhanallah. So, brothers and sisters, you know, if we look at the example that I gave at the beginning, the example of the burning house, you know, we cannot be like that person and neither should we be like the animals in the forest who stood around feeling sorry for themselves okay and you know the reality is is if we concluded that the man in the burning house example that i gave at the beginning that he's crazy he's lost the plot okay or he you know he's uh, ignorant or you know it could be worse things but the reality is if we thought that this guy is mad subhanallah what does that make us brothers and sisters if we behave in the same way how can it be that we stand by and continue our normal lives whilst islam is under attack and our lands are destroyed and you know another point that's very important what does that make of our imams and our scholars brothers and sisters you know 
we have a responsibility of accounting them. You know, these are the people who we look for guidance. You know, they are like, you, one could say, you know, they are the inheritors of the prophets as the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was saying. He said, right? But now when we see that all the house is on, on, on fire, yet we see our imams and scholars not addressing the fire. They are not addressing the fire. And in, in fact, they are talking about trivial matters about the garden. Now, the points that a lot of people speak about, you know, whether it's through the worships, of course it's important. All of the deen is important. But brothers and sisters, put things into context. The house is on fire. Yet we want to speak about, you know, trivial matters. You know, we have to question this. We have to account them and think, what's going on here? And the reality is, is that it may well be that, you know, these people, they don't have the capability to do to try to change the situation. But brothers and sisters, if these people, if our imams and our scholars are our, are our guides, if these people are the ones we look for for guidance, if they are not addressing the burning house, then how are we going to acknowledge what's happening? And in fact, brothers and sisters, it's not like a conspiracy theory. The reality is, is that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there are many people that have been put into very uh, prominent positions that in fact they are doing just that deliberately they are beautifying the garden and they are taking us away from the the house and our family that's being burnt in the house and subhanallah that's the only conclusion i can come to because you know if a, a layman like me can understand this then these are people who have studied the deen these are people who are you know you'd say the seekers of knowledge and why is it that they cannot understand this? Anyway, what we should do, brothers and sisters, we should take the example of the hummingbird as a motivation in order to change our condition. You know, And we should ask ourselves, have we truly done everything in our capability to try to change our situation? You know, and, I'm, and just think about the things I'm going to mention now, right? Because you know, I'm not talking about you single-handedly change the situation, right? But how many of us have actually made the concerns of the Ummah our concern? How many of us have actually tried to understand what the Ummah, what the actual uh, problem uh, is in the Ummah? How many of us have actually tried to understand what the actual situation and, and what the solution is for the problems in the Ummah? Whether it's in the flames of sectarianism that's being inflamed in the Muslim lands. You know, what are we doing about this? Whether it's the plots about further dividing Muslim lands through federalizing the lands and, you know, through carving up even further borders based on ethnicity and based on sectarian lines. What are we, are we speaking up about this? You know, or whether we believe that the, the, the situation of the Muslims, you know, um, is so bad that we can't do anything about this. You know, have we even really truly given that a go have we really truly said yes you know there's actually nothing we can do because the reality is brothers and sisters you know even the people that were that when you speak to them and they say that this is like a punishment or you know they believe that the the problem is like this because the muslims are far away from islam you know subhanallah i find this is a very arrogant a very arrogant um attitude you know, I see a find a lot of arrogance there where somehow we're better than the people that are suffering because they're far away from Islam and this is a punishment for them. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, 
Allah has promised to those of you who believe and do good, do good deeds and do good, that he will surely make them rulers in the earth as he made those before them rulers, and that he will surely establish for them their religion, their deen, which he has chosen for them, and that he will surely give them security and exchange after their fear. They will serve me, not associated aught with me, and whoever is ungrateful after this, they are the transgressors. Subhanallah. You know, look at this, this ayat of the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like giving a, a formula for Allah promises. And whose promise, you know, can we take um, genuinely uh, that the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allah says that, you know, for, for those who believe and perform the good deeds, and the good deeds are not just a few, few rituals. It means establishing and performing the entirety of Islam. That Allah will make them the rulers in the earth. And he will give them, he will exchange security for fear that we have today. So the issue is, you know, the people that, uh, that, that say that the, the, the reason we're in the situation is because people are far away from Islam. The question is, is what are those people doing to get closer to Islam? What are we doing to get closer to the deen? And that's why, brothers and sisters, all those things I mentioned, yeah, we have to understand, we have to ask ourselves truly and sincerely, is this not in our capability? You know, and so one of these are just a few questions. And the reality is, is those things I mentioned there, unless you're in an extreme situation, they are in our capability. We are capable of doing these things, brothers and sisters. So what we all need to do is think hard about what we are capable of doing in order to put out this flame, which is consuming the ummah. And subhanallah, you know, which will eventually arrive out at our doorsteps so what we must first understand is what is it that allah is allah commands us to do and then we see what are we capable of doing and that's why that we should take those lessons from the story of the hummingbird and understand the three concepts of obligation that first of all we must understand that this is an obligation and that we have to take responsibility and then capability i need to do with, I need to do that which I'm capable of doing. And we must understand, brothers and sisters, we all have a role to play in this struggle. We're all different. All our capabilities are different. But we all have a role. And as the, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, you are on one of the front lines of Islam. So do not let, let them creep in from your side. But you know, what's stopping this is the mentality that we have. And in order to change the mentality, like I said, brothers and sisters, first of all, we need to have a real desire to work towards this change. And to generate change, one needs to understand that this is an obligation. To generate change, one needs to understand and make it his responsibility. And to generate change, one needs to follow the methodology prescribed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and do this to the best of our ability you know, obviously linked to our capability. And we can only do this, brothers and sisters, by building a relationship with the Quran and the Sunnah. And you know, subhanAllah, if we do this, this will shape our behavior yeah, and it will give us the blueprint on how to restore the Ummah to its rightful position. And you know, to finish on a sort of positive note, so, you know, the situation of the hummingbird, right? Now, the humming, the, the hummingbird, it continued to do what it was doing, and 
In fact, what happened was this gave a motivating, uh, this motivated the rest of the animals and they thought, if this animal, this small bird is doing, doing what it can do, we all need to do this. So they understood the three concepts that it was their obligation because it was their forest. They understood that they need to take responsibility and they worked to their capability. And the reality is, brothers and sisters, the fire had spread so, so, so far and wide that just by the attributes and their capabilities, they would not have been able to put out the fire. But you know what happened? Soon as they started to do what they needed to do, what they were commanded to do, what they could do, subhanAllah, the heavens opened and the rain came down and put out the fire. And this is the victory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something which as Muslims, we have to have tawakkal in. We have to have belief in that the victory comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we do our bit, then Allah will give us victory. And you know, subhanAllah, it's irrelevant whether we see the actual change or not. Because it may well be that, you know, we do our bit and we don't see that the change occur, right? We don't see the victory. But at least, brothers and sisters, on the day of Yawm Al-Qiyamah, on the day of judgment, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us, what did we do in this situation? We can say, Ya Allah, I did what I could. So going back to the original question, brothers and sisters, are you a hummingbird or a mockingbird? Are you the one who stands out and shoulders his or her responsibility? Or are you the mockingbird who just mimics others and in fact is just another other and stands by and just doesn't do anything at all. And that's the, that was the question I posed and that's something which we all need to uh, ask ourselves and inshallah answer it. And my dua is that we all answer it, that we are the hummingbirds and we want to be like the hummingbird and inshallah ta'ala, you know, make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can get us to that level and, uh, you know, we can start to work towards a change as well so jazakallah for listening like i said this was a solo solo effort you know it was just a bonus episode and uh you know we're trying new things we've got you know big things planned for you uh for all the uh for the audience and you know this is not possible without the will of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and without your support so inshallah ta'ala you know give us feedback uh let us know how uh how this went and what are your thoughts whether it was beneficial or not and uh, jazakallah khair for listening and i'll i'll leave you on that note aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha li wa lakum wa li sari almuslimin fastaghfiruhu innahu huwal ghafurur rahim assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu